This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Real Estate Is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, I'm David Walker. I'm the co-founder and CEO of TripleMint. And what I love about the real estate business is the impact it has on people's lives. We have the ability to create homes that families will live in. Um, we have the ability to impact people's financial well-being and create a special place not only for them uh, to live in, but also for their, their family to grow. Every real estate agency claims to focus on customer service, but how much of that is branding and marketing? And how many agencies have actual systems and technology to make sure that promise of customer experience becomes a reality? That's where online platforms like TripleMint come in, using predictive analytics and up-to-date, transparent data that can actually engineer a positive customer experience. From New York City, you're listening to Real Estate Is Your Business, powered by Preview, a smart online real estate brokerage providing expert advice without the high fees. With real estate tech entrepreneur Thomas Kutzman and business development expert Scott Pollock. Thanks for being with us, David. Thank you, guys. In the residential real estate market, there's a lot of choice for people as far as the established brands, the established agencies out there. Why do you think the opportunity exists now for so many new players to enter that market to create a different uh, experience? I think the interesting thing, if you look at other industries outside of real estate, is the transformation that's happened over the past 20 years or so as the internet and technology has created better consumer experiences, more efficiencies for businesses. And what we've seen is that the real estate industry typically lags about 10 years behind. So the past couple of years is really where we started to see the transformation. And it, it comes both from the available technology and how that can actually impact the consumer experience as well as consumer education. I think the the modern buyer and seller is just simply smarter and they're, they look for consumer-facing technology-forward brands in everything they do in the rest of their lives. It was only a matter of time before they started to look for that in real estate as well. So I think that's really where we've seen the heyday. I think the consumer is in some ways leading that charge and companies like TripleMint are pushing that forward and pushing the envelope. And I think we're only going to see more innovation and more new technology-focused companies in real estate over the next 10 to 15 years. So, but for some of the existing established players in the real estate game, you know, in, in New York City, companies like a Douglas Elliman or a Corcoran or in across the country, a Remax, et cetera, what is it that they've lacked, if you will, or lagged on over the past 10 years, as, as you suggested, is the lag time that is changing, that's making a more tech forward, consumer forward experience for shopping for your real estate needs? I think if you look at the traditional brokerage model, the traditional brokerage model is really a collection of independent contractors, individual agents. And the role of the agent in that model is to bring in the business and service the business. The role of the brokerage is really to recruit and retain the agent. And I think that's where the breakdown comes in, that the consumer today looks for more than just their agent. The consumer wants an agent and they need a fantastic agent. And they're fantastic agents at every company, traditional and new. 
but there's more that can be offered along with the agent. So I look at it as the two-pronged approach. Uh, you want a fantastic human being that you're working with, but you also want the technology and the tools available today. If you look at financial services as a, as a similar industry, consumers want a fantastic financial advisor, but the expectation today is that that person's using the available tools, technology, and data at their firms that they've produced to help you grow your, your financial portfolio. You would never want just that person picking your investments for you without any technology backing them up. So I think that's the same shift we're seeing in real estate. Fantastic agents are still critical, uh, but what's the technology, what's the tools, the data that can support them? I mean, when we think about the technology and the consumer experience, I think, you know, what's often stated is that millennials don't want to talk on the phone, right? But what is it that is uh, the technology shift that's occurring that's, you know, creating this, this new way of working with those agents? I don't know that it's as much that millennials don't want to talk on the phone. I think the human aspect of the real estate transaction actually hasn't changed that much. Uh, people want to feel supported. They want to feel trust. What's changed is that there's an additional demand from the consumer, and that demand is transparency of data. So I want to know all the information about all the properties. And obviously, the, you know, there's a, a ton of information now online about real estate, and that's really helped the consumer get more uh, knowledgeable on their own transaction. And then it's, it's the ease of the actual transaction. So what can you do for me to make these pain points go away? Um, you know, whether it's speed to close, whether it's uh, managing the properties that I've gone to see, things like that. So when I look at the, the technology that's really impacting real estate, it's what's the data that the consumer doesn't have access to today. So from our perspective at Triplement, that's which homes can we predict that are going to sell that haven't yet hit the market that we can show the consumer. So our goal is to be able to show buyers more properties than they can find anywhere else. That's a specific value proposition. It doesn't replace any phone calls, but it, it's the combination of the two that I think is really powerful for the modern consumer. And, and how do you approach that predictive analytics, the predictive you know, sort of inventory that's out there you know, for someone that's looking to like to choose you as triple mint versus an established player or another tech oriented brokerage how is that how is that unique and how do you approach that when you think about home ownership it's really interesting right so let's say i own a home i likely don't just think you know what i should sell my home and list it the next day on the market there's probably months of dinner table conversations, right, about, you know, we really should sell. Do we want to up? Maybe we're upgrading. Maybe we're moving to another city. So using Alexas to hear into people's dinner table conversations. And that's where it all derives from. Or? No comment. Um, we uh, so so when you think about that, that process, there are months where an owner knows they're going to sell their home, but they haven't yet listed the property. That's the data we're trying to get access to. We're trying to get access to the people who are going to list. They're going to sell. But instead of waiting for a real estate agent to go find them, we go and we find them ourselves. So we predict that that person is going to sell and we reach out to that owner. So, so. Cap capturing it more so from a closer to being a seller before they're even considering it, like sort of getting in their psychology before it actually occurs. I don't know about getting in their psychology, but um, but 
but understanding the trends and the patterns in data um, to know that someone is likely talking about selling their home, they would love some help already. They would love to have targeted buyers come to their property. Uh, but that it, the option doesn't exist today. Today, it's just a binary. You're either listed or you're not. And there's no value prop anyone can offer you before that to help you as you think about the process of selling. And that's where we come in. So what what is that data? Like, what are the signals that you're able to read that says this person who hasn't listed their home is thinking about it? Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> that's our secret sauce. Um, you know, we look at a number of data points about the property and about the owner. Um, but, you know, it's really... It's more important than what the data points are is, is this actually actionable, right? Does this actually work? And can we actually get people who um, are thinking about selling their home before they've hit the market? And the answer is yes. I mean, on average, we're showing buyers about five properties that they can't find anywhere else. And, and does that provide an advantage to both the buyers and the sellers in some unique way versus just having available inventory that's on the market? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an obvious advantage for buyers, right? I mean, there's, there's FOMO when you're buying a home. What's the home that I haven't seen that might be perfect, right? Uh, and that's why buyers spend 30, 40 hours searching online for properties. So anything you can show a buyer um, that's proprietary data makes a huge difference. And for sellers, uh, it's an equally strong value proposition. I mean, think about it. You're, you're choosing to sell your biggest asset for most people. Right, their their home is their sure. biggest asset, yeah. and time on market is the biggest indicator of price. The longer you sit on the market, the less you're going to sell for. So there's a tremendous amount of fear in listing your home, and there should be because you're committing to putting that home publicly on the market. Even if you choose not to sell it, you take it off the market. You try to sell it two years later, people see, oh man, they couldn't sell two years ago. What's wrong with this property? So what we allow sellers to do is really to test the market before they have to make that commitment. And we're giving them more data on the actual buyers for their homes so that they can make a more educated and more informed decision. And that's a perfect example of how technology is shifting the industry in that it's uh, we're not replacing any human beings. We're just adding a new value proposition that we fundamentally believe should exist and is fair for sellers to have. When you compare the on-market inventory versus off-market inventory, you, you mentioned you know the average buyer sees about five off-market properties. Mm -hmm. Of the transactions that occur, what percentage actually occur of the off-market versus on-market? Are people more inclined to buy one versus the other? So that's information that we don't don't share publicly, but um, we don't really think about it as off-market. We think about it as pre-market. So this is someone who is going to list their home and going to sell their home. Uh, we can just offer them some value before they actually have to commit to listing. So we we don't really look at it as binary. We look at it more as, hey, this is earlier in the value chain of selling your home. We can offer you uh, more data and more understanding of the buy side so that you can make a more informed decision. Do you have to convince people that you haven't publicly listed your property, but we know for reasons that uh, won't be divulged that you're thinking about it. Is there a process by which you have to convince them of it? No. So if we if, if we have to convince someone that they should help sell their home, they're not a real seller. Um, we're looking for people. The decision to sell is often driven by life events. It's often driven by you know an outsized financial opportunity in the market, right? So it's not something where I think we're having a large impact on convincing people to sell or not. It's just finding the people who are already going to sell and say, hey, why not be able to test the market before you list? Um, so that that's how we think about it. And is there an expectation that if a 
if a property is pre pre market that it's going to be cheaper that a seller is expecting to get a discount at with the benefit of not having the risk that comes of being kind of publicly listed in the way that you were describing before so we don't really think about it that way. We think about it as a way to test the market before listing. So we encourage all of our sellers to list their homes. You want maximum exposure for your property. So it's not something where, you know, there are some people who for whatever reason have an incentive not to go on the market. And of course we respect that, but um, we're not trying to sell properties off market. We're trying to let sellers gauge the market and really test the buyer demand and the pricing for their home before they list. So we want properties to list on the market. That's why I say this is pre-market, right? If, if, you're, a pre-market, if you're in a pre-market sort of stage, how do you think about price? Do they pick a price or does a buyer just go look at it and potentially make an offer? Do, do how do you contextualize that pricing? So when we think about price, it's a huge piece of our value prop is adding more data points and more color to the pricing picture. So pricing isn't a perfect science, right? Homes are inherently hard to price. And um, and you're obviously dealing with the endowment effect, right? Every owner thinks their home might be worth more than it actually is because of the the memories and the and the emotional attachment to the property. So um, when we look at pricing, you know, we're, we're obviously running comps. We're looking at the market. Um, but what we're also doing is actually targeting specific buyers and getting pricing feedback from them. So it's a conversation between us and a seller. Um, the main difference is we just bring more data to the table to help sellers ultimately make a better decision. So is this a, a, kind of advising the sellers on where's the right price point, which is something that seems to be uh, an area of, of, of concern or conflict in the more broader kind of traditional brokerage industry, which is that there's this disconnect between the incentives that a seller has and the broker has where seller wants to get the best best price um, and the agent sometimes wants to get the price that'll get it sold the fastest do you guys find a balance there or how do you manage that i mean the only thing that matters is that we're doing the right thing for the seller and, and our fiduciary responsibility to the seller so we look at our role as getting the most possible data points and information to the seller so that they can make the best decision um, so I think, you know, w- when we look at it, we want to say, okay, here's the traditional model of the information used to make a pricing decision. What data points can we add to that so that sellers have more information and can make a more informed decision? And, you know, that, that suggests what you were saying before about the kind of seller experience, the customer experience is something really critical. Um, and you talked about transparency and data. Uh, I'm curious, what are some of those elements that are kind of most important to in the modern real estate transaction um, and agents experience that is different now versus kind of traditionally? Well, the, the first thing is, is really the data, right? So I think that's ultimately what powers our industry is information and data. Um, so it starts with, you know, being able to show buyers properties they can't find anywhere else, sellers being able to give them better pricing feedback from actual buyers. Um, but then going beyond that, the sort of the next level is things like having a member experience team, right? So having a dedicated team, um, who are not trying to sell the consumer a home, who are just there to be helpful throughout the transaction. As opposed to just the, you know, independent contractor that the traditional model employs. Yeah, we have both. So so all of our consumers still work with an agent, uh, but we also have a member experience team who's there to just answer questions. I mean, I think it's one of the really simple 
and sort of fundamentally missing pieces in the industry, which is there's really no one to ask questions to that's not a salesperson. And there are certain questions that are best asked of your agent. And early in the process, maybe before you found an agent, there's certain questions that you just want a third party to answer. So um, we've really just taken a page out of the consumer tech playbook there, right, which is uh, an investment in consumer education and consumer experience ultimately pays off in the long run, right? So that's how we think about it. I mean, other things we do are we have a bonus that's based on client satisfaction scores. So we survey every one of our customers um, through the Net Promoter Score system, and then we pay bonuses to our salespeople based on those survey scores. So again, a simple sort of uh, a concept that's existed in consumer tech for a long time, but really hadn't translated to real estate. Uh, and that has a humongous impact on the experience of consumers when they really feel like the incentives are aligned between them and their agent. Great. Coming up, we'll hear David talk more about how he was able to grow this business, bring in agents, and how he's navigated the VC funding rounds. Uh, but first, uh, you know, as customary for all of our guests, uh, it's it's snack time, and you've been kind enough to to bring us a snack for us. Uh, what, could you tell us a little bit about what you uh, brought for us? All right, so famous at Triple Mint HQ are Utz pretzels. Uh, we have them in all forms, large containers. We have them in dispensers on every floor. Uh, I brought some some individual packaged ones. I thought it was a little bit more appropriate. Um, but the, I prefer the, to eat an entire bucket's worth at once. But yeah, I should have brought the bucket. The, appreciate um, so these are still the Halloween-themed Utz pretzels, um, but we have them at, in multiple locations in the office, and uh, they're definitely a staple of Triple Mint HQ. Awesome. Thank you. Well, uh, we'll definitely give them a try here, and uh, we'll be right back. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Keep up with the show on Instagram and Facebook at Real Estate Biz Show and with hashtag MouthMedia. Plus, check out all of the MouthMedia Network shows at MouthMediaNetwork.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. David, you were talking about Net Promoter Score and, and how you evaluate agents. How do you go out and attract talent to your firm when they're, you're competing against established firms for that talent? I think the the fundamental question of how to recruit agents is shifting today. And it used to be all about highest splits, nicest offices. That was kind of the 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 go-to. And we're now in a world where it's more about the value that the company can actually provide to the agent to do more business. And even one step farther is what's the value that the company can provide to the agents, buyers, or sellers, right? So if I'm an agent, the question I'm asking today is when I walk into a listing pitch and I'm sitting down with a seller, whether it's, you know, my friend or whether it's, uh, you know, a referral, whatever it is, uh, what's the value I'm offering them? And can that be shifted by 
the company that I'm working for. And I think that's the that's the more important question today. So is it fair to say that, you know, the traditional model for agents has always been, well, this brokerage firm pays me 55%, this one 60%, I'll go with the latter. Whereas now it's more about, I think I have support to do 10 deals a month as opposed to five with uh, where most of the uh, deals would be on my own hustle. Whereas now there's more supporting infrastructure. Yeah, I think I think um, you know compensation is obviously really important, uh, but as important and honestly more important in the long run is what's the value I can offer my buyers and sellers. I mean, great agents who have built a large book of business over a long career. The the biggest difference between them and the agents who are um, you know dabbling in real estate is that the really good agents know that the most important thing is to provide the best value to the buyers and sellers, and that ultimately that will pay off in the long run in referrals. So the question is. Um, where should I work and how is that place going to allow me to provide more value to my buyers and sellers? And where does the line get drawn between uh, the the brand of Triplement and the agent themselves, which has always been a blur between you know the agent and the brokerage and other traditional firms. But given that Triplement itself, you're providing the kind of interesting predictive insights and in off-market and, and customer support, how do you find that line being blurred between the agent and the brand? We want them to be in, in total lockstep. So we want the agent and the brand to really become one. And um, ultimately, that's what provides the best experience for the consumer is where it's this um, sort of seamless experience between um, you know, maybe talking to someone on our member experience team, working with one of our agents, um, using the technology, the data, um, and really just having a seamless experience throughout. So we want the whole thing to just feel like a perfect orchestra um, where every note is perfect and in the right place and at the right time and the, and the customer is just wowed by the whole thing. And could you walk us through, you know, typical buyer experience if they arrive at, you know, your triplement site? Walk us through that sort of experience. Sure. So if a consumer arrives at the Triplemen website, uh, you know they're searching for properties. Um, their first point of contact will be someone on our, on our member experience team. Um, they'll reach out to answer any questions. You know, there's the classic condo versus co-op in New York, right? Do I rent for another year? Do I continue to buy? Um, how should I think about financing for my property? Um, I've heard that, you know, New York, you have to put 30 or 40 percent down on some properties. Is, is that true? Which properties? Right. So th there's a tremendous amount of. Um, I think fear when you're going when you're going into the the buying process in major cities and and so the member experience team is really there to alleviate that fear and answer questions from there based on the the buyer's needs and and what they're looking for would match them with the right agent so the best agent for an individual buyer is not the best agent for a different buyer and and that's something that I think is really inefficient in this industry where you ask an agent, hey, do you specialize in you know, this neighborhood and this price point? And the answer is yes, every time, even if they've never done a transaction there. So um, we want to make an efficient match between the agent and the client. Uh, and then at that point, you know, the the agent would really take over as the as the lead for the client. And uh, our research and sales development team would start sourcing off-market inventory that would fit for that client so that our agent can then show them both on and off-market properties and ultimately make sure that the client has the most possible options. When I think about 
my own experience and many of my friends' experiences in buying their homes and how they found their agents, it's usually, oh, my brother-in-law is an agent. You should work with them, right? That matchmaking has always been somewhat organic, right? What is the process that you guys use to make sure that match is really strong and, and a good fit for the, the customer, the seller? Yeah, we always joke that most people spend more time making dinner reservations than picking a real estate agent. Yet they trust that person with, for most people, the, the biggest investment they'll ever make in their lives. Um, and I think that's a part of the shifting consumer knowledge base here where we're trying to educate the consumer that um, you know it's not a just about, it's great that someone is your cousin, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to help you buy the right property. So um, for us, it's looking at obviously the search criteria, what does this person want to buy? Um, how do they think about this investment? Are they thinking about it really as a financial investment only, or are they really optimizing for the right feel of the home? And maybe re the return on the property is secondary to that. So, um, you know, air price point, area, um, you know, personality, style, all of those things factor into a really efficient matching process so that we make sure that they're set up for success. And the customers that you are acquiring, I read recently in an, where you were quoted in an article, I don't know if it was The Real Deal or TechCrunch, but you said that two-thirds of your deals or two-thirds of your transactions are actually customers that are acquired digitally. How do you go about you know, acquiring customers? How do you think about that process versus you know the old way of doing things? So we acquire customers both through our agents and through our platform. I mean, Obviously, when you offer a specific value prop to consumers that I think resonates um, and you have a really nice platform for searching and buying and selling homes, um, it, consumers come to us. So our brand is pretty strong. We get a lot of inbound interest. Um, we do some digital acquisition. Um, you know, we, we use all the channels that any consumer technology company would use to market to consumers. Uh, and what we found is that because we can offer more value, a lot of customers are coming to Tripleman. They're saying, I want to work with Tripleman. Um, we also want our agents to be empowered to find customers the best way possible. So when one of our agents can go and, you know, maybe they have a longtime customer who they've helped buy in the past and now they're helping sell and they say, hey, I'm at Triplement now and I can do these three things I couldn't do before. Um, that's really powerful because that increases referrals as well. So we we look at all acquisition sources very similarly, which is um, it's one thing to be able to get a customer on your platform no matter how they came, but it's another thing to be able to offer them more value and actually close that transaction and get referral business from it. So our, our, I think our NPS score is a really good indicator of that success. Right now we have an NPS of 91, which is off the charts. Um, that's an average survey of, I think it's 9.7 out of 10 across every customer, um, which is frankly just a testament to our team and blows me away every time I, I look at that number um, and and that's really the biggest piece of customer acquisition quote unquote is everyone focuses on the the top of the funnel which is you know digital acquisition agent-based acquisition whatever it is none of that matters if you can't provide a great service and that's where I think we really win is um, wherever the customer came from however they found out about Triplement, we provide an amazing experience and they close with us and then they want to bring more people on the platform so that flywheel just keeps growing and so 
to clarify for anyone who's not aware, an NPS score, a net promoter score means that the a higher number suggests more people would actually proactively promote and recommend a service to others, right? Correct. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of a standard survey for customer satisfaction for products and services. And it basically asks the consumer on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely would you be to refer this service? And then there's some methodology where you throw out the top scores, the bottom. There, there's, a, there's an actual formula for calculating a true NPS. Um, and, and, you know, 91, you can benchmark apples in the 70s. Um, Amex is in the 40s, and these are standout brands with incredible customer service. Um, 91 is is off the charts. You've been off to a fantastic start in New York, and obviously the deep product knowledge, the you know local expertise of the agents has you know also probably benefited this you know net promoter score in addition to the great customer experience. How do you envision bringing this to other cities, you know, other metropolitan or or other markets? Yeah, you touched on local knowledge, and that's so important. I mean, we we think that you need to have fantastic agents with great local knowledge. So as we go into new markets and expand nationally, um, we'll be looking to tap into the really high quality agents that already exist in the, in every market. Um, I think it's it's interesting. It's one of the fundamental mistakes that I think a lot of technology companies in real estate make, which is um, they think about you know the agent as old school, and that's just completely wrong. It's about combining fantastic agents with great and powerful technology, and that's what creates the best consumer experience. So we'll tap into um, really, really strong local agents in every market that we go into and then bring our platform and our technology to empower them to actually provide more value to their customers. And how much is that NPS score that you're referencing driven by the underlying platform and the technology and the data that that uh, you believe is kind of a key differentiator of triplement and just the individual experience that somebody has with their agent. As I said before, I think those two things are in lockstep. Um, we don't differentiate because you can't. It's impossible. Um, the you know we have amazing agents, and our our agents are off the charts uh, when it comes to the value that they bring to their customers. Our customers love the agents, uh, and our agents are using the Tripleman platform and tools, as are the customers. So the two things just go hand in hand. And I think that's when you get the the, the really good harmony is when your agents and and your platform are working together to provide the best experience. And what is it that makes for a great agent? Um, so, you know, the, the data, et cetera, makes for a great experience from a customer standpoint, for sure. But what is it that separates a good agent from a great agent? I think when when I think about great agents, I think about a couple of things. I think one is um, negotiating skills. Um, really, really critical, right? Um, finding a home is fantastic. Actually buying the home at the right price or selling the home at the right price is a whole nother ball game. Um, so that's that's number one. Um, local expertise is really important, being able to actually provide the, the local color needed for the consumer to make the best decision. Uh, and then finally, it's, it's, you know, the, the sort of the soft skills of um, honesty, trust. I mean, you're, you're partnering with someone on one of the most important and, and scariest things they'll do in their life. Uh, and, and really being able to work with your client, see your client as your partner and have the client see the agent as the partner. Um, that is, it's really hard to do. And the great agents are, are excellent at it because they actually care. Uh, they really care about their clients and, and having an impact on their lives. And, um, therefore the clients trust that agent. As you think about growth and, you know, expanding beyond New York, uh, some of the 
more larger tech-enabled brokerages, you know, without naming names, have put out some pretty lofty goals for this sort of, you know, 2020 reach. I don't know if it's a, a marketing stunt or if it's an actual achievable goal, but where do you see Triple Mint in 2020? What are your sort of longer-term 2020 uh, and beyond vision? So when we think about long-term goals, we don't really think about it as much from a, we want to be in this many markets, we want to have this many agents. We think about it from a consumer standpoint. What's the impact that we want to have on the world and what's the change that we want to see in the real estate space? And so for us, when we look at our, you know, I guess it's really three-year goals at this point, 2020 is not that far away, um, which is crazy. Um, we look at the fact that we, we want to have, we want consumers to know that there's a better option. We want to be the de facto place for people to buy and sell homes in major urban markets. And the reason that we think we can do that is because our primary goal is to add more value to each transaction. So our goal is to go in and not just say, hey, look, we've won more of the market. Uh, we do the same thing everyone else has done, but now we have a larger market share. Our goal is to go in and actually provide significantly more value to buyers and sellers to the point where they say, you know what, this is the way you have to buy and sell a home, and they want to refer their friends. So um, you know, I think the, the, the ways we're really focusing on doing that are one is data transparency. So again, provide my buyers more data, properties they can't find elsewhere. Sellers be able to provide them more information on pricing and how to list their home and how to optimize um, for the best return on their greatest asset. Um, you know, the second is information. And, and I think I've talked about consumer education. I think I've mentioned that four or five times today. Uh, and that's because it's, that's really fundamentally important to us uh, is the fact that the consumer is getting smarter and we want to empower them to continue to do so. Um, we don't, you know, we look at that as one of the greatest opportunities in the industry, which is that uh, as consumers get smarter and, and, and know more about the transaction as more data available to them, they actually demand higher service. And that's good for us. Um, we want the consumer to demand more. So uh, when we look at 2020, it's about um, smarter consumers empowered with more information, um, seeing more properties than they could elsewhere. And, and for us, that's in, in major urban markets, top 20 cities. As data becomes more transparent as processes become more uh, consumer oriented does the need for for an intermediary go away does the need for agents ever become lessened by nature of, of all of the work that's being done here to make the experience much more direct definitely not um, I don't think the consumer has any interest in getting rid of agents. I think that the consumer has interest in getting rid of agents who don't provide value. And um, unfortunately, in real estate, uh, there's a lot of people who go into real estate part time. Um, they go in, they'll do two or three transactions and, and ultimately never renew their license. And um, that brings down the perception of the agent across the board. Um, the truly professional real estate agents provide tremendous value uh, and tremendous service to their clients. So I don't see that agent ever going away. I think there'll be a consolidation where there'll probably be less agents um, because if as the consumer demands more, as the consumer is getting smarter, I think it'll be harder to be the agent who does one or two transactions. Um, but uh, I think that consumers want real estate agents. They want a human being uh, who's working with them throughout the entire process. And I, and I think the, the fundamental question is not will agents go away or not. The fundamental question is what are the tools and resources that will empower agents and consumers to both uh, be able to create and add more value. Well, we've gotten to learn a, a lot about Triple Mint, but coming up, 
We'll learn a little bit less about Triplement and more about David. We'll get personal right after this. Real estate is your business is presented by Preview. Find out how smart home buyers get more with Preview by visiting previewapp.com backslash buyer. That's P-R-E-V-U-A-P-P dot com backslash buyer. David, we're going to ask you a few personal questions so we can learn a little bit more about you. They're not your typical sort of personal questions, so uh, don't don't be worried. Awesome. The uh, a, a classic question I like to ask people to better understand them, especially you know tech tech oriented CEOs. What would be an app on your phone that would surprise people? Wow, that is a tough question. Um, I always get the "What's your favorite app?" which is a terrible question. What would be an app on your phone that would surprise people? Um, I'm a big fantasy football player. So I have both the Yahoo fantasy football and ESPN fantasy football apps. I don't know if that would surprise people or not, but otherwise I pretty much only have boring efficiency tools and Spotify. So that's the best I can give you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll surprise a, a few people. Well, yeah. let's go deeper then. What is the, uh, <laughs> the most shocking playlist on your Spotify app in that case? Oh man. Um, uh, I've got some, I've got some Miles Davis on there. Not I've surprising. got some, not surprising. No, okay. I pegged you for Miles um, Davis guy. I pretty much have all music that was made at least 30 years ago with the exception of one playlist that's new music and it's, and I have it titled the new classic. So it's basically new music that kind of sounds like old music. And what's, uh, so, what's some of that? Hmm. What are some of the bands on there? Um, you know, Sturgill Simpson. No, too new for um, me. I don't even know it. Mipso, wow, the Avid Brothers, the Wheeler Brothers, um, yeah, sort of bluesy, folksy nice. rock. I'm also spectacularly unhip, so yeah, because a, I haven't heard of it. There's a bunch of like. new bands to go check out. Though. All right, there we yeah, go. there you go. Maybe that's more interesting than fantasy football. Nice. I'd love to understand more about your uh, your early days in real estate when you were a kid. Tell us about your first real estate experience, your first home. And uh, some of your most vivid memories from from that. Sure. So um, I grew up. Uh, my first my first home was a one bedroom apartment in in New York City, um, where my parents lived at the time. And um, I have no memories from that one. So we'll, we'll skip ahead. Um, and then and then in Connecticut, we had a, had a great home that I remember running around uh, and trying to slide down the stairs with different dangerous apparatuses with my little brother, which my mom was loved, your brother obviously. one of the apparatuses. That yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's As a, a good little surfboard. brother. I can attest to that. One. Yep. Uh, but my first real estate experience professionally um, was probably more interesting, which is uh, my first summer jobs were all in real estate construction projects. So my dad is a real estate developer. So I grew up working on construction crews for a summer. I'd work in a leasing office, property management. And those were really fun summers. Um, the best summer was definitely the summer I was on a construction crew um, with almost all non-English speakers. And so I spent the the summer while working construction and past the time I was teaching English lessons and learning a bit, a bit of Portuguese, which I've completely forgotten. So don't ask me any questions about that. Um, but that was a really good summer and, and just rolling up your sleeves and sort of feeling how a home is built. And um, I think that's what really inspired my love of real estate. Interesting. And your co-founder is 
a college roommate of yours uh, from Yale, and it's always easy to see the sort of not a roommate, but but for, for yeah. friend friend from, yeah, friend, friend from, from college, yeah. and you always look at you know co-founding teams. You know, you see the pictures, you know, like in Inc. Magazine, where you're standing there side by side smiling, and it sounds like you have a fantastic working relationship. But you know, tell us a little bit about you know the biggest like argument or fight you ever had you know over the last few years oh man um so phil and i phil uh, phil's my co-founder um we were rowers together at yale and when you've you know woken up at 5 30 a.m most mornings in college and and um dealt with the craziness of college rowing together you've, you've kind of already been through a lot together um, so we have a really strong shared experience that, you know, we can kind of go at it and know that, um, we're really pushing for the best. I think we're both super competitive people. Um, he's a top ranked competitive marathoner. Um, I am not, um, but I did do an Ironman, which is nothing in compared to Phil's marathons. But, um, so we both push each other pretty hard. So, um, I don't, I don't know that there's any one thing. I mean, we, we definitely don't hold back and we'll go after each other a little bit, but ultimately, you know, diamonds are formed under intense pressure and heat. And we kind of take that mentality that, um, you know, I think our, our, our biggest lesson is that we, we never are mad at each other when we, when the day's over, um, we can push really hard and, and sort of, uh, go after each other a little bit, but ultimately it's to find the right idea. And, and as long as we end the day, um, in a good place, then, then it's all good. And we've been doing that for five years. So it's, it's been awesome. Well, it's, it clearly looks like it's uh, working uh, very well. And uh, you just want to sort of leave it on a, on a high note. And we, we ask all of our guests to leave us with a final thought, you know, whether it's about your vision, your view on real estate, whatever your sort of wise words are. Sure. Um, my, my final thought is really, I mean, it has to come back to the consumer because that's what I care about. That's what I think about. And, um, you know, I think that we are in a place where consumers are realizing that there's more out there. And I think they really just haven't thought about it in the past. And that is the most exciting opportunity in real estate today to me. It's not a specific technology. It's not any one thing. It's the fact that the consumer really is demanding more. And I think that the people who can step up and provide more value are ultimately going to win. And that's an efficient industry. An efficient industry is one where the most value to the consumer ultimately wins. And that's really exciting to me. So my, my final thought is if you're a buyer or seller and um, you're thinking about the real estate industry, don't settle demand more, spend the time to evaluate all the options. And if ultimately you come up with um, triplement or not triplement, that's not what I care about. I care about consumers really demanding more in such a massive, important, life-changing transaction of buying and selling a home. And as it relates to those consumers, how can consumers connect with your brand and how can individuals reach out to you to connect? Sure. Um, consumers can check us out at triplement.com. Um, it's a great platform. You can search all the properties available in New York City and, and soon in other markets as well. Um, anyone can follow me at david.dotwalker. So the the full dot spelled out on Instagram, on Twitter, um, David Walker on Facebook and LinkedIn. And uh, we've hired we hired about fifty people this past year. We're hiring a lot more, so we're always hiring interested real estate professionals in New York City, um, technologists in New York City, and, and soon in other markets. So. Um, check out Triplement and feel free to reach out. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a, a great conversation and we, we wish you uh, you know, continued success with uh, 
with Tripleman. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Real estate is my business. Thank you to the listeners for joining us today and for Scott. Hello. And I'm Tom, and this is Real Estate Is Your Business. You've been listening to Real Estate Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for this show or to become a sponsor, email us at realestatebizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Real Estate Biz Show. That's Real Estate B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, realestateisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network and brought to you by Preview. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.